0: Please.
1: Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also, become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. Things started, you know, you can't stay at the top forever. And right. uh, things started, you know, going down a little bit in the latter part of the 80s. Um, did you sense that some of the tracks or albums weren't as strong as they had been? Or, you know, what was your experience of that?
0: Yeah, there was definitely a decline. And uh, there may have been a few reasons behind that uh, as far as uh, trying to stay on top. And yeah, and that's when every, the, some of the band members left. And that's when everything started to unravel you know um and everybody knows about the drugs and all that but uh yeah it's, then it was time to leave you know uh and I, I left and went out with new Edition for a couple tours and
1: uh what what year did you depart from James's camp like
0: 88 89 88 87 somewhere around there you know it just wasn't happening, he wasn't really doing anything, and he was having a lot of struggles, I guess, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, Tom, can you think of one or two, uh, maybe besides uh, the Coliseum, but one or two just especially memorable, a tour or road concert experiences that you had uh, with the stone city band back in the you know 80s say.
0: probably playing at the forum for a few nights in a row you know that was that was my home and uh, that was you know killer to be at in your hometown playing you know for three two or three nights at the forum you know that's like wow who could imagine that you know and another thing, big thing was uh, doing the TV shows, and when we did Saturday Night Live, that was pretty nice. That was pretty special. And you
1: know? it was at like eighty four, eighty five, or when was that?
0: Uh, I think it was about eighty two. I think. Oh, yeah. earlier, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, doing a lot of the TV shows, Dick Clark, New Year's Eve, and. The Grammys, uh, American Music Awards, and uh, a few other TV shows.
1: I still have. Uh, I was that one of those forum shows. I still have my Stone City Band uh, shirt somewhere with a sort of like baseball sleeve kind of. Oh really? And the oh, sequ- sequin or sparkles on there. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it fits anymore, but I have it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Cool. What about, Tom, like a, a mishap or something, like your equipment uh, was sent to the wrong place or, or uh, something unexpected or, or funny happened at one of the shows? Uh,
0: really nothing I can... Oh, we did have our equipment confiscated. Uh, and I don't know, there was some legal dispute with the promoter. And I remember, I think it was in South Carolina or someplace in the South where we were doing a show and at the end of the show they confiscated all our equipment and um so we, we had to have rental stuff at the next show you know I, I don't know exactly what happened and why it went down but obviously because of money or something like that but uh that was the only thing i can think of that was kind of strange you know
1: you just reminded me in mentioning that that I had heard there was a show, maybe more than one, where um because Rick had a you know join on stage or whatever, the police were trying to get him and they he was he snuck off stage.
0: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we had one of the guys, uh one of the road crew. He had Rick had to escape when he came out at the beginning of the show. And the uh one of the guys in the road road crew he put that on and then when we kept playing like at the end of the show and and Rick went off stage and we kept playing and Rick got into, you know, street clothes, put a hat on, put his hair up and stuff. And the the, uh, road crew guy came out with the cape, is dancing with his back to the audience, you know, for about five minutes and, you know, and it was pretty pretty hilarious because we knew Rick Rick was uh, on the run, you know.
1: so that only worked once or multiple times
0: uh pretty much uh once that was basically he didn't really have that many problems after that you know i guess it was just that uh one place i forget where it was i think it was around memphis or something like that because i think what brought people pissed off at him because he would say i went to ellis's house and he wasn't home today you know and and the uh, workers at you know the uh, auditorium would say, "What's wrong with Rick? Why is he down on Elvis?" You know, and I think maybe that, maybe that was just a little bit more fuel to the fire, I guess, to try to arrest him or something. You know,
1: they thought he was being disrespectful or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, I guess so. Huh.
1: Did Did you happen to catch that um, Showtime documentary they did on Rick uh, last year? I yeah, thought, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really well done.
0: Yeah, it was very well done, you know, really well done. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool, you know.
1: And I don't recall, are you in that interview too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So was that, what was that experience like for
0: you? Uh, It was interesting, you know, it's, uh, we, we, we did it in Buffalo. We, they recorded the, uh, the interviews in Buffalo and, um, yeah, I was just interested going talking about all the unpleasant stuff with the pleasant stuff, you know.
1: That's just it. You know, I think, you know, reality is reality. Things are what yeah. they were. But, right. you know, you don't want to paint it too much with one lens or the other. I thought it was balanced and, mm-hmm. you know, um definitely recognize all his great musical contributions. They shouldn't be blemished, in my opinion. You know.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, absolutely right.
1: <clears throat> um and you also participated in that um tales from the tour bus
0: yeah yeah that was cool we did all we did all the music to it uh that was a lot of fun uh yeah, the, the producers just said hey go he gave us an idea hey how about you know something or other and we would just play and it was uh <clears throat> that was pretty fun yeah mm-hmm.
1: Must be a kick to see yourself drawn like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty wild. You know, it's kind of classic, you know. Never (laughs) seen myself as a cartoon character.
1: (laughs) Wow. Um, Was there anyone that um, opened for Rick or you guys did a, a, a show or even tour with, aside from Prince, that you were very impressed with, you know, their show or their musicality?
0: Yeah, there was um, uh, Narada Michael Walden, um, his band, he was, wow, it was like, and the guitar player he had, I was like, wow, this cat, they were like, you know, just crazy, crazy ass instrumentalists, you know, and um, that's that's one of the, the uh, one of the uh, main things I remember about uh, an opening act, you know. And also there's like new addition when they first started these kids on stage, you know, they're pretty very talented for uh young kids, you know. I remember them too. And then Ray Parker with uh I forget what the name of the band was, but uh, Ray Parker Radio. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um that was that was cool too. I enjoyed watching them. It was nice to see different acts, you know, and, and different uh, musical styles.
1: Well, New addition. I mean, they almost all, I don't know if they all did or close to it, all went on to be stars on their own. So that must have been.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're still else. out doing it, you know, and uh, they're still, yeah, they're good, they're talented, you know.
1: Well, so them opening on that tour, was that how you had that connection so that when you left, you were able to go work with them?
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much that was it, you know. Um, Danny had gotten a call and he says, hey, you'd be interested in doing the new edition tour. And I said, sure, you know, why not? And I, I ain't got nothing going, you know. So I, that was it. That was the way that I got into it, you know.
1: That must have been a kick with all these, I'm sure, teenage girls in their audiences and going crazy, right?
0: Yeah, 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 it was, it was a pretty grueling tour there. Um, We had a lot of fun, though, you know.
1: Hmm. And uh, who are some of the other folks that that you played with?
0: Well, we did a tour with the Mary Jane girls, and uh, we did with Tina also. Um, Who else? That's pretty much about it.
1: I never saw i never got to see unfortunately i wish i had uh tina do her own complete show i Mm -hmm. saw her come out you know with rick on his show right Um, what was it like seeing one of her shows
0: uh she was just a great entertainer you know she just uh the way she sings where she you know just uh just yeah i i don't know you just what can i say she was just awesome you she was like a a female rick you know with with all that energy and all that talent you know and she plays
1: guitar too so i mean did you guys ever do any like lines back and forth or
0: oh no 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 not really no yeah she's all a good keyboard player too you know uh yeah no not nothing no guitar lines back and forth you know
1: but sometimes you'd be playing rhythm underneath maybe she'd do a lead or something like that or
0: uh yeah yeah something like that you know Uh, but basically it was basically me on guitar most of the time
1: oh so she wouldn't even go on because you know i know she did a nice solo on lover girl
0: yeah i don't know if that was her though i'm not sure
1: really it's her on the video anyway (laughs) oh yeah 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 Uh, so i always enjoyed the video because she's out there she's doing the guitar yeah
0: Oh, cool. I'll have to check that out.
1: Yeah. Um, so at what point did you guys uh, kind of get back together and start doing Rick James material again?
0: Uh, probably about 10 years ago, we started uh, uh, getting back together. And uh, and basically we got, basically the whole band back together now, the originals, except for uh, Erskine, the Cure uh, player. But we have Eddie Llewellyn from Switch. He's playing keyboards with us. Um, and Yeah, so we're just trying to get dates and all that, trying to keep the uh, funk and roll going.
1: Who was the main, uh, you know, guy to really orchestrate getting back together again? Was it Levi or somebody else or?
0: It was basically Lannis, the drummer, Lannis and Nate. <clears throat> you know they they uh <clears throat> got it together you know
1: and what had you mostly been you know where what what direction did your life take you
0: i went into i was playing jazz um got been been into that playing a lot of clubs uh outside the restaurants and stuff like that you know really i had gotten really heavy into jazz, you know, and then Lannis had called and said, Hey, man, would you be interested? And I said, Yeah, let me check it out. So I went down, rehearsed with them. And uh, that's when it fell together about 10 years ago.
1: How rough was it initially, you know, in terms of meshing together personality wise, again, and also musically?
0: Uh, Basically, just like riding the bike, you get you know it's like there like you never left you know uh personality wise and all that um yeah it's like we could not talk to each other for a couple months and then just feel like we've talked to them yesterday you know or the day before you know
1: were your were your chops still up to snuff in terms of being oh, able yeah. to you know? yeah
0: yeah because i was always playing uh <clears throat> always playing you know, it's that's the thing about jazz. You know, that's really uh, really uh, kept my chops alive.
1: Who might be like a jazz cat that you dig? You know, it would be like a, a, a Larry Carlton or or George Benson or what, who are we talking?
0: Yeah, Larry Carlton is when I he's one of the top ones um, as far as jazz. There's there's so many good players out there. You know. Um, yeah, just amazing players I like Scott Henderson. Um, yeah, there's just so many, you know, it's hard to pick one or two.
1: You play a, a semi hollow body when you do that stuff? Yeah,
0: or? yeah, yeah. Arch top, you know, uh, yeah, totally uh, different sound, you know, more of a, like more natural sound. No, good, no, no effect pedals or anything like that, you know.
1: Simple, yeah.
0: Yeah, just simple straight into the amp.
1: Did you ever try to bring any of that to any of Rick's
0: songs? Um, uh, a little bit. I guess probably like Fire and Desire is kind of little undercoats, undercurrents of jazz, um, I would say. Yeah. Um, a little bit you know you you bring all that stuff into your plane you know you listen to this and that and this and that and and it all comes out at some point or another you know
1: yeah well i would think if it was anything it might have been that um it's not the garden I oh garden, of love. garden yeah. of love yes yeah yeah that one definitely had the most mellow kind of things going on
0: um oh, yeah um Yeah, there was one song, I think it was on that album, something in the night or something. Do, 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 I played like an octave thing, like a George, George Benson or West Montgomery thing on that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and there might've been, And I could be mistaken, I have to go back and listen, it's been a while, but might be some acoustic guitar on that even.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely acoustic guitar on there. Um, and, uh, Love in the Night or something like that. It was like a Beatles type of tune, I think.
1: Yeah, the album was definitely left turn, though. I guess Rick was out on the islands and just having a different mental space. And I had Le- uh, Leroy Burgess, I think, was the guy who was on. And uh, he actually had the beginnings of that song big time. And he said he gave it to Rick and. Mm-hmm. Rick oh, really? really Rick really ran with it and like did a lot with it apparently you know oh, he, wow. was, he was impressed with what Rick had done to it yeah.
0: oh interesting interesting wow
1: yeah well tell me this you know when you look at uh, Rick we talked about him in terms of his performing what would you say were his one or two um, top talents musically
0: coming up with lyrics he would like he would all of a sudden it would just like click, and he'd be in the studio, and he'd be writing lyrics, and he'd say, "Turn it, play back, play, play the tape back a bit, and then write some more lyrics." And he would just come up with, with these amazing stories. You know, I mean, I've never seen anybody like that. You know, he just—it wasn't like he had to like sit down. And say, well, what am I going to write about? It just like clicked. You know, it was, it was that was very impressive. You know
1: and would he bring you know how would he communicate ideas that he had maybe to the band, or would it all go through Levi or would he ever directly oh, communicate he would, to
0: them? he would do it directly, he would just like kind of like hum a part. you know he would just basically you would get the idea, not the exact notes but the rhythmic idea that he wanted, you know, but um. He was was a character to work with, you
1: know. And, you know, the thing about him is he's such an enigma, uh, I feel still, because, you know, there's Rick James, the, the musician, Rick James, the guy, Rick James, the drug addict. But from all those people I've spoken to, I've spoken to a lot of them, Tom, that have worked closely with Rick everybody speaks so well of him, you know, that mm-hmm. he was just a great guy, that he was um, thoughtful of those that worked for him right. and he took care of his own, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, is there anything else you could share about him that impressed upon you um, as, a, as a man and as a friend and a fellow band member?
0: yeah basically the main thing i got from rick is like you said he was a very nice guy he was uh, very genuine basically he told me to really put a lot of attitude into playing you know put put yourself more into playing that was really a, a something i learned from him and just watching him that's the way he did he did it on stage he did it in the studio you know he went full bore you know and that's where i connected to that also you know that was a great little lesson to learn you know
1: was it a thrill for you when you first heard a song that you were part of on the radio
0: yeah i was like hey there i am you know <laughs> yeah i think it was love gun or something like that yeah yeah I was like wow that's cool you know <laughs>
1: Did your friends and family try to keep your ego in check?
0: <laughs> not really. No, I, I, I never really had an ego, you know, I just like, uh, I just, am me, you know, I, nothing to be egoed about.
1: Were there any special pedals or effects that you used uh, through your guitar that you felt were part of that Rick James stone city band sound?
0: Basically. No, not really. You know, it was basically when we recorded, we, I would record direct into a direct to the box, you know. Uh, there was no amps. I mean, w- once in a while, I would use like a, uh, a talk box or maybe a wah, but very little. It was basically um, through basically direct to, right into the studio, you know. And uh, on some of the solos, there was this thing called Rocktron. Is it Rocktron? It was like this little box and it had a cool distortion and chorus thing going on it. And that's what I would use for the uh, solos, you know. But it was very simple, the way to record. And it sounded good. We had a great engineer, Tom Fly, who did it. um, He got some really nice sounds.
1: Were there ever any other outside musicians that came in and augmented what you guys were doing?
0: A little bit, yeah. Um, Like string players, Uh, I guess he had uh, the vibe guy, I can't think of his name right now.
1: Oh, Roy Ayers.
0: Uh, Yeah, Roy, thank you. Yeah, Roy Ayers came in. Um, Yeah, there was like some guest musicians, you know, that played little parts, nothing major, you know.
1: What about, did anyone ever join you guys on stage? Like, did you ever get like a Stevie Wonder to come sit in or anything like that? Um, or?
0: We had um, the, the guy, Sheik, the guitar player. Uh,
1: oh, now Rogers?
0: Yeah, he came on stage when, <laughs> one time and, and <clears throat> it was in New York. And um, <clears throat> he asked Levi, Levi's not technically musically um, schooled. He plays a lot by ear. And Niall came up and said, what key is we're doing, like uh, you and I. He said, what key is it in? He goes, and Levi says, it's all the black notes. (laughs) (laughs) "What The black notes? Okay, thanks.
1: (laughs) Hope that wasn't too technical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wow! Now Roger's a you talk about a rhythm player, man. Yeah, amazing.
0: yeah, he's awesome. He is so awesome.
1: Wow. Well, that's interesting. Anyone else come? Anyone else get up there with you guys?
0: Uh, Eddie Murphy came up. Um, not not that I can remember, you know.
1: Because I think I heard that the shows, especially like at the forum, there were a lot of you know celebrities backstage and in and, and around the scene, so. I don't yeah. know if any of them actually came up there or not, but
0: No, not really. Not, not too many. No, hardly hardly at all.
1: <clears throat> Did you guys ever do any after shows or anything like after the show or any just kind of fooling around?
0: Um, yeah, we, we were just, we were through, we were done. And that was it. You know, we just uh, had to go back and just like chill out, you know, after all that energy on stage.
1: Yeah, did you ever go into a studio the night after a show?
0: Oh no, no, no. We did. We had some time off in uh, Miami, I guess, um, right before the uh, Fired Up album, and we did a couple tunes there. I don't. I can't remember which ones we did, but uh, that was the only time we went to the studio when we were on the road. And how
1: much did you experience, uh, you know, Rick's, you know, for lack of a better term, like debauchery when he got, you know, off in his own thing? Um, were you sort of shielded and isolated from that or were you like kind of right there seeing what unfortunately was unfolding?
0: Um, no, I was not, it's not about so shielding, it was just something that I didn't want to see, you know. It's like, you don't want to see sausage made, but, you know, you'll eat it. But uh, um, yeah, I was, you know, it was different, you know, once in a while I would see him in in a room with, you know, a few people hitting the the pipe, you know, but but most of the time I was away, away from that stuff.
1: People that weren't there, I don't think understand fully the depth of uh, cocaine and crack and stuff then in the eighties I mean it was ubiquitous, especially in the entertainment industry
0: yeah, yeah we all we all did blow you know we all all did it it was a friggin great great drug i I wouldn't want to try it today because I wouldn't know what was in it, you know, fentanyl or something like that but uh yeah it was uh definitely definitely a good you know <laughs> a good drug fortunately i'd I wasn't making millions, so I couldn't afford to to keep the uh, the drug habit going. You know,
1: <laughs> well, I was a disc jockey throughout the '80s, um, mostly mobile in clubs and things like that. And it was not uncommon for you know people just come up and lay it out on my mixer. You know, I mean, it was just that's yeah. how out there it was. You know,
0: right? And Yeah, it was. It was all over the place. You know, it was like yeah. that was the drug. You know.
1: So if you had an addictive, you know, personality or a penchant for that, um, good luck, you know, <laughs> it's
0: going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, you can get into serious trouble. It's just like the opioid, you know, thing. I mean, people get hooked on that, you know, it's just sometimes people can't, can't stop, you know, no matter if they go into drug re- rehab or whatever, you know, it's just something that they really need like a lot of intervention to quit something like that you know
1: yes yes um i did think though you know when rick uh came back out and he did that um first comeback album after the prison stint that was actually better than i expected it would be i thought he still you know oh, yeah. he still oh, had yeah. something you know um, huh. yeah I think um, in 03 or whenever that was, but um, uh, what what was your emotional state when he, he passed?
0: I, I was like, it was like kind of in shock, but I heard he had been not doing well as far as trying to tape, tame his drug habit down. And, but, you know, at the same time, you're shocked. You're not really surprised you know but it was was really a sad thing you know because he just died died too young you know he's such a great talent um and unfortunately you know things got the best of him you know
1: and so close to tina also that was just Uh,
0: yeah she had a heart ailment, ailment and uh yeah that was that was so sad too you know
1: Did um, either one of those events uh, galvanize the Stone City Band? You know, were you guys communicating and commiserating at all? Or were you still kind of off on your own?
0: Yeah, we kind of, I was in touch with Danny, the horn player, mainly through around that time. Uh, Not so much with the other guys, you know, but uh, yeah, it was just a shock and we're all saddened by it, you know.
1: But looking at, at back at it now, as far as that legacy goes, Tom, um do you feel that Rick, James um, and what you guys accomplished together gets enough credit and recognition?
0: I, I don't think so, you know. I don't maybe I'm wrong, but i I really don't think so. Um, he could have got he should have been in the Rock and roll Hall of Fame, even though. It's, you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't think he got his due credit, you know? Um, yeah, that's, uh, I don't think so.
1: Well, it still can happen, hopefully. But uh, yeah. to this this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking maybe that documentary would help move in that direction, you know?
0: Yeah, you would think that, but uh, I don't know, we'll have to see, you know? Yeah. Ahead,
1: and I mean, he's sampled so much too, and just that whole enduring legacy is pretty monumental.
0: Right, right, yeah, it's so it's, it's wild. Yeah, you know?
1: were were you? How'd you feel when you heard that? Uh, like you know, Hammer uh, had a yeah, hit like, can't like touch
0: that? this. Yeah, I was woken up and I was listening to the radio, and like, damn, that's my guitar line. You know, it was like, what the hell? You know. That was, uh, <laughs> it was kind of strange to hear that, you
1: know. You were good with it, or were you like, hey, where's my check?
0: Yeah, I was <laughs> like, hey, where's my check, you know? <laughs> you can do whatever you want, just pay me.
1: <laughs> I'd like to ask guests on the show, Tom, and we'll see if you can come up with it. If you can only have five albums that are the most important to you or only five albums you could listen to for the rest of time, what would those five be? And they can't be any of the ones you've played on.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Van Halen, one, Shaka Khan. Uh, Once you get started, whatever that album was.
1: Yeah, Rufusized.
0: Yeah, right, right, thank you. Uh, Let's see, Wes Montgomery at the Blue Note. Um, Let's see, who else? Rolling Stones um any of, any of their albums um
1: will at least give me an era of there so you're talking like late 60s early 70s mid 70s uh, early
0: 70s you know it's like main
1: street or something
0: yeah give me shelter that that record um and one more let's see who is uh boy i would go with uh Slash.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's a good record. I like that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is awesome. You know? Yeah.
1: Is there anyone else out there today that you are a fan of?
0: Um God, there's it like so many, uh, so many great guitar players out there. You just can't, you know, it's like everybody has something to offer, you know. But I've been listening to Slash a lot these days, you know. I just enjoy his guitar playing.
1: Yeah, he's a guy too that just has that. He's got soul to his playing.
0: Yeah, he does. He does. You know.
1: Yeah. It was a bummer what happened to them back. You know when they broke up, when GNR broke up. That was. A,
0: right. Yeah. That was yeah. a bummer.
1: But uh yeah. Um, well, that's a that's a, a a good list. I like that, Tom. Um, got some variety on there, and I think was it Let It Bleed that gave me shelter. I'm not sure. I have to check that out. I but...
0: think so. Yeah, I think think so.
1: Yeah, I think so how How would you describe funk?
0: Funk boy, it's um uh, boy, it's a hard question. um funk it's just like it's a feeling, it's a feeling in your soul, you know, just uh just a groove. Um, yeah, I would say just like a groove, you know it's like something you feel in your heart, you know. something
1: to thump to and was that part of what rick was talking to you about when he said the attitude do you think
0: yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah you know it's how to bring more of yourself into the music you
1: know you had mentioned back in uh in the beginning when you mentioned the uh, funk fest that you had already known george clinton what was your familiarity with with george clinton
0: Oh, I knew of him. I didn't know know about, too much about him, but I know he was like a rival with Rick. You know, when Rick, Rick was coming up. George be writing these, drawing these little cartoons about Rick and and stuff. You know, <laughs> it was pretty funny stuff. You know,
1: <laughs> did did Rick feel like he had a rivalry with George Clinton? Did you think or?
0: Um, not so much. No, not really. I don't think so. You know. He was just uh, another, another part of music, you
1: know. Rick, in a way, was uh, Rick and Prince and James Brown, all of them built these like little empires of their own with the girl groups and the other protege acts and things like that, right. and kept it very insular. You know, it was like, this is my group, this is my people. You're out there. You're the competition. Mm-hmm. And this is my kingdom that I'm ruling. And it's very interesting to me um, versus somebody like, you know, we we just talking about George Clinton, but George Clinton seemed like he was almost open to like anyone coming from anywhere, just like, you know, be part of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely had a lot of moving parts to his band, you know. Uh, Yeah, it was it was, he was pretty funky.
1: Yeah. And just taking Bootsy from James Brown and whatever, you know.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah.
1: But, but Rick sort of like, was like an us against them kind of thing. We're going to kick butt and, you know, be on top and we're, this is us.
0: Yeah, it was always like, you know, you just want to be successful. That's what you want to be, you know, entertaining the people. Um not so much about the competition, it's just about what you can get, convey into your music. You know.
1: As you look back, Tom, what what accomplishment musically do you feel most proud of and just the best about?
0: Most accomplishment. Probably just playing for all uh you know all these years, you know. Um still playing in front of people. Um yeah, doing, doing the TV shows, the videos, uh, all the concerts we've done. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a good thing, you know.
1: You ever do or try any recording on your own?
0: Yeah, in fact, I do. <clears throat> I am working on a solo, solo project. <clears throat> right now, I've got a few tunes cut.
1: In a jazz style or what kind of stuff?
0: No, it's kind of like funk and it's a little bit of rock, more, more pop.
1: What might inspire you after all this time to do something like that?
0: I don't know. I just, you know, just something that well, I was interested in. Probably COVID, it, we couldn't really play <clears throat> outside. And um, it was just, uh, I got recording gear and just started Recording my ideas that I've had, you know, and, and it, uh, it's really a, a creative process. You know, it's just something you just latch on to.
1: Did you feel like COVID really uh, was like a um, a, a um, wrench in the spokes for you guys with the momentum for the Stone City Band?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a it was a uh, yeah wrench in the fan for everybody. You know, a lot of people can't, can't uh, console canceled tours and uh all that you know it's just a, a big mess it still kind of is but uh it's getting better you know
1: i feel like there's like a bit of a renaissance happening of funk and the funk bands and things like that right before covid you know and oh, yeah. you know more of the festivals and the crews like you mentioned and things like that just seems like packaging of these bands together seems to be a trend
0: mm-hmm Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a, it's a cool deal, you know, doing that, you know, it was, uh, like I said, it was a lot of fun doing that uh, soul train cruise. Um,
1: You don't get seasick, I hope.
0: No, 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 it was like, nice to see the other bands and stuff, everybody's still out there doing it, you know.
1: Yeah, what kind of reactions do you get from crowds now when you fire up those songs that they haven't heard live yeah, maybe forever?
0: I know uh, it seems like they, uh, they know them, you know. I mean, uh, it seems like they, they uh, didn't forget the lyrics or anything, you know, they just like to party on down, you know.
1: And do you do some of the uh, Mary Jane Girl or or Tina? stuff also or only rick stuff
0: we only we do uh two tina's um songs in the show but mainly it's uh all rick stuff
1: sucker for your love is that one
0: no we do um um fire and desire uh i need your loving and um square biz i think
1: square biz yeah 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 who does, do you include the rap on that?
0: Yeah, yeah, she she does, the the girl singer, um, she does a really good job on it, you know.
1: Nice. It seemed to me you guys were playing a lot of Las Vegas gigs before the pandemic, is that right, or?
0: Uh, we, we played Vegas, a, yeah, a few times, you know. But uh, mainly a lot of her stuff is uh, on the East Coast, um I like to get out into the West and the West Coast too. But um yeah, any place I'll take us, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. So Tom, what else uh can people look forward to coming from you or, or the band?
0: Probably some uh, hopefully new new material, you know, from the band and to be doing uh some shows, you know. Out and about across America and hopefully over to Europe too. Hopefully,
1: when was the last time you've been overseas?
0: A couple years ago, we did a Switzerland, yeah, Switzerland. Um, we, we did that, but uh, that was pretty much about it, you know.
1: Where can people keep track of that? There's a website, right?
0: Yeah, there's a website, uh stone city band they can follow us on facebook instagram twitter and all that stuff you know
1: yeah the usual suspects
0: yeah yeah right
1: what want to get a final message out to you know the fans that have followed you and the band for so long
0: yeah we just thank them for their support you know and and uh hopefully we can see them at the show and entertain them you know whether it be on New record or a a stage?
1: Yeah, we've been entertaining us for so long and we're so grateful on behalf of everyone watching and listening. Thank you, Tom, for all the great music through these years. Well, thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also, much gratitude to Pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of link shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythms membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkinstuff.net, buying everything is on the one, the first guide to funk book at Amazon, shopping at the Funky Things store for cool merchandise at FunkinStuff.net, and linking through FunkinStuff.net for all of your Amazon purchases. In addition, if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven results-oriented professional marketing, PR, writing, or editing consultation or production, check out the media services section at FunkinStuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at funkinstuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now, and as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Qualfind saying, keep on Keep on vibing to the rhythm of the one.